What's up, my people? Welcome to Fellowship Bible Church's Sermon Spotlight, where we are coming at you each and every week with a fresh weekend to debrief in an effort to send biblical truth. And what better way to do that than by the power of conversation? I'm Caleb Pearson. Uh, joining me today, a pair of Marks, guys. Mm. Yes, how sir. How you doing? Mark Francis, how you doing, buddy? Excellent. Good. Excellent. Good, Good to, to be here. You. Thanks for being here. Uh, Senior Pastor Mark Carey. Mark. Howdy, doody. Good. How you doing, man? Good. Uh, No sweater vest. No. Today. So we're getting super duper into it. Oh, okay. You know, spring is spring. So it's it's because of the the season outside, not the, you're ready to get into it. Okay. It's kind of hot in here, too. It does. It does. Absolutely. Uh, It's the... Are they... Do they also produce heat, or is it just light? Because sometimes you get a bulb that's also just warm. You know what I'm saying? The bright lights do shine well, something, but it's also, it's the conversation. Yeah, that's, it is. That's what The power up. of the conversation, right? That's right. Yeah. That's uh, right. We yeah. also had a stink bug floating around the booth for about two weeks. We got rid of that this morning. Things are looking mm. up, guys. Well, Caleb, you're the man. You, Sp- you know, spring has sprung. I'll crawl into a hole and just wait for that to happen, and you can just grab that stink you have bug. To de- you have to delicately and, grab it without killing it, you know what I mean? Because yeah. then this would be a brutal, it's like a, just a... Whatever smells in here stays. You're you know the I mean? hero. He knows. Since he we're knows talking about depravity, go ahead and squish it. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I do. I do at my Things house. Things are looking up. But here at church, Let's talk Caleb about cares. depravity. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, for those of you that don't know, we do this uh, each and every Tuesday morning and release it uh, out to uh, everybody on YouTube and the congregation especially to dive a little deeper into what we discussed over the weekend as far as the sermon was concerned anything else uh, fellowship might have been running as far as an event. So this is just a good opportunity to ask questions. You can go to our website or comment on the Facebook page or YouTube channel um, in an effort to dive further into the scripture. So why don't we go ahead and jump into a Sunday in review. Uh, Mark, as you were reading out of Romans 3, um, we can kind of talk a little bit about what stood out to us and elaborate um, maybe in a few areas. So Mark Francis, I don't know if you have anything to, to get us rolling here to start. Well, for for me, I, I've shared this uh, a couple weeks ago on, on our Sermon Spotlight podcast that I have a community group and we meet on Monday nights and we review the sermon each and every week. And so there's always going to be key, fun things that come out of those conversations. So over the course of, at least right now, we can talk about some of their questions. But even over the next several weeks as we do this, it'll be interesting to kind of get some perspectives from from other people as well. But I come at it from a worship perspective. And Mm -hmm. and I'm sitting here um, thinking about the sermon, but I also think about the entire 75-minute worship Experience and how the sermon falls in line with that as an act of worship, and now it's giving attention to the word, and and I find it just really neat to have experienced communion hmm. um, related to this passage, and you know we're able to to partake of the Lord's Supper and recognize you know where we have fallen short and recognize what God has done for us in light of that. And so that, that gave for me an element of celebration, an element of, of hope and looking to the future, um, at least for me also knowing where the passage was going to go. But it, it, right. it, it brings more meaning um, to it. So that, that aspect of worship to me, of looking at the Word. And, um, we, and we had talked about in our worship meeting, planning meeting, of would this have been a Sunday to have maybe done the sermon first, talk about this passage in depravity, sure. and then we could have had... Uh, and and it really worked both ways, but um, both yeah, ways, yeah. Because um, communion twice. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, well, right. Hey, how, how often? How often do we do it after, like last? It's we've done it every, a couple times a year. You know, it, yeah. it's something that really we look for moments where it will fit. 
um, yeah. into the sermon, and this was one where it could have happened. Okay. But I, I think also it's an element of, okay, where's the congregation at in yeah. in the moment? And um, a lot of times people, they at the end of the sermon, we realized, okay, there's something about that moment in time where maybe a song or a quicker response is more appropriate. Mm. Um, if, if we rearrange the entire order of worship where it, the sermon comes earlier and there's yeah. time and space for that response, um, it's mm. more beneficial. So it, it really kind of falls into kind of each week by week, how do we plan? And we, we do let the Spirit lead in yeah. that planning process, yeah. um, which, is, which is great. And I love seeing how things that weren't originally planned and how they did right. get plopped into service and god was like that's the thing that we want weave, people to i'll weave it, it in yeah god will weave it in absolutely yeah so i i just come at things from a perspective of the overall worship meant and so that yeah. was one of the things that i appreciated yeah yeah that's awesome and even i i had mentioned that a couple weeks ago there was a, a service that i sat in where i felt like this is really cohesive all of this stuff tying together well and, and you briefly mentioned it just now when we know where we're headed with the word as well, there can be an element of anticipation or wonder, curiosity. So you, it can be a good thing to know what know what you might get when you when you come sit down on a Sunday morning to see. Of course, see. that's the key. Know where we're headed, right? Which sometimes <laughs> it's like the like the preacher who got up and he said, um, you know, when I before I came this morning to preach, only I and the Lord knew what I was going to say. And then he got up in the pulpit and he says, unfortunately, right now, only the Lord knows what I'm going to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, anyway. Coming yeah. prepared. But that, yeah. it's that element of confession, I think, that, that a lot of times yeah. that we don't always grab onto in the worship time. And, and so mm-hmm. what communion allows us to do is to really sit in that space and, and go to the Lord individually um, and do it as a corporate body as well. But the, the aspect of where this passage takes us um, into that kind of depravity, into that we all are held accountable, um, I think brings a moment of clarity um, for me. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that. Clarity and awareness. When Mark broke down the indictments that that are fleshed out against us, and beginning in verse nine, they're just explaining again of the well, what then are, are we Jews any better off? No, not at all. If we have already charged that all both Jews and Greeks are under sin, so that whole idea, and we'll we'll break that down. Um, but it's, just, it, it's laying a foundation biblically for us to understand Romans, and then also uh, the, the church as a whole has been embracing this focus uh, of identity and sexuality as well. And so I know the, a few questions we had weeks ago was like, are they going to meet the, the, the pulpit versus the focus mm. and the different areas of the resources? And um, I mean, we're addressing Romans and sin. So yeah, it'll pretty much tie into anything we talk about. Um, but Mark, we also did a Q&A oh, yeah. Wednesday night. And, and I don't really know if any podcast is going to debrief that. So I figured I'd just ask you quickly. I mean, what was that? How did that go? Um, you were emceeing it, correct? I was. Okay. It was To me, it was a great evening where we got a chance to uh, answer just all the questions that have been coming in. Yeah, this was the, the gender and sexuality yeah. forum. Yeah, uh, so the the follow-up of kind of where we've been with this focus is starting in January of unpacking the distortion, uh, unpacking the biblical perspectives. Mm-hmm. And then here in February and March, we're getting a chance to look at some of the hard-hitting distortions of, of the world and where we are today. And so those questions were very specific, very hard hitting. Awesome. Um, we were able to have a little bit of a diverse panel. So there is some um, interaction going back and forth about responding to those questions. But I think the key is that um, the conversation is happening. 
Yeah. Um, it's opening up our, our congregation to thinking more critically mm-hmm. about what does scripture say regarding identity, regarding sexuality, and then how to make applications. You know, mm-hmm. so we, we answer some questions of, um, you know, do you attend a family member's wedding, mm-hmm. you know, right. when it's same sex? Do you, right. um, uh, you know, we even got into some more of the social situations of, you know, what happens if you were a, a photographer and you got asked mm. to go help somebody's wedding. Um, we talked about specifically kind of the, the differences of even terms um, in the world mm. today. Good. Same sex attraction versus gay versus homosexuality. So right. I think there was, um, I think it was interesting. And yeah. I just really appreciated the panel, first of all, for putting themselves up there yeah. and responding right. to right. the questions. Sit, sitting in the hot seat. And sitting in the yeah. hot seat. And, um, and so coming up um, next, I can say next week, week but it's yeah. March 11th, the youth will be right. doing their panel. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I think there'll be even more hard-hitting questions that the youth will be able to wrestle with. Yeah. Um, so thanks to Dennis for being willing to, to do that. Absolutely. Our pastor of, uh, the youth pastor. Yeah, 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 we're excited to do it. But yeah, a lot of, a lot of confusion, a lot of distortion, especially as that, that focus is concerned, but, but that big picture struggle. You know, Mark, I like the way you introduced the sermon this week talking about you know, the coronavirus straight on. Everybody's talking about it. Uh, there, there's also something else that's plaguing the nations. Uh, it's a little bit more serious. It's than, a great than, analogy. Than six cases a, a year worldwide or whatever. You know, we're all struggling with sin. So, so Mark, regarding this depravity um, and where we were Sunday, I mean, what what would you like uh, our, our listeners to hear or think about uh, as far as what we discussed uh, on Sunday? Well, um, first of all, that um, it's true, <laughs> yeah. uh, and and I do think there is. Um, it depends where you read, what you read, but um, people don't like to hear that, and uh, hmm. so it's um, there's uh, thinking out there that this is kind of um, the bashing of humanity, and uh, it's offensive um, that um, uh, even some so-called uh, quasi-evangelical type people are, are writing about that this is just. Uh, um, you know, we're not seeing the good in man and humanity. Almost too harsh. And too harsh. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, uh, well, you know, the problem then is with Paul, the apostle, <laughs> because you can't get right. any clearer, I don't think, and uh, any more direct hmm. than um, than what you read in Romans 3 uh, and, and some of the other passages. So I think we have to look at it and accept it. Now, the question is, and... <laughs> And we, we didn't get into that very much in the sermon. Um, it's the so what. Hmm. And I think um, um, I, I do have a couple thoughts here this morning related mm-hmm. to that, because if you have not heard the message, please do. Um, uh, that w- w- the, the assessment that God has about mankind, it's pretty bleak. Um, and hmm. it is talks about the depravity, the effect of the fall, original sin that's passed on. Everybody born in the world, none righteous, no, not one. Hmm. Uh, there's none who does good. You read those passages and, and other ones, and you come away f- with, um, yeah, you, you, you got a, a sense that, and I mentioned this, man is not, every person born in this world is not as bad as they could be, but they're equally bad off. I mean, right. uh, the depravity of man is pervasive. It affects everything, mind, will, emotions, uh, physically, I mean, everything. Uh, we're all um, corrupted by sin couple of uh, of uh, implications I think number one for parents hmm. uh, and actually I'm going to bring out a little bit of that in the introduction this coming week 
um, your children are born with a sin nature. <laughs> right. And I, I mean, you shouldn't, that shouldn't surprise anybody. Um, hmm. You don't have to teach your children to be selfish. They're gonna, there's a natural bent to be that way. But I don't think, I, I just wonder sometimes if parents understand the gravity of the, of the sin nature that is in hmm. little Johnny and little Susie. Hmm. Um, and that um, uh, we, th- there's assumptions made maybe that, um, that they'll, they'll, they'll work out fine or they'll, you know, if we just take them to Sunday school or do, you know, take them to church or, or read a little Bible story each evening or something like that. Right. You've got to raise your kids with the realization or, or they're you, bent towards evil. Right. Or you start to measure them against other kids. They're not that bad. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but the, the, the standard used, the lens used to understand depravity and, and what we have fallen under. Um, and that's one of the things we emailed a little bit about yesterday, the, the use of the, the phrase under, mm-hmm. under it, sinning versus being under sin, mm-hmm. the, 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 the fall that we were born into, the, the status and standard we were born into. I think it's an important foundation, especially as he goes through all these indictments, you know, beginning in verse 10. Yeah, and so, and so those little children born in this world are born enslaved under the dominion, under the power of their under sin. Hmm. Why? Because it's been passed on, uh, uh, f- passed on from Adam. Um, so we, we have to, the, I think it, it should raise the seriousness of of carefully being prayerful as a parent, understanding the seriousness. Now you don't, it, it, it's all covered with grace and we keep these in balance. And by the way, there's such good stuff in our home center on parenting and, right. and things mm-hmm. like that, that please go there and make, make advantage, take advantage of that. Mm. But uh, so that's number one, I think, be an awareness that, uh, yeah. Uh, little Johnny and Susie, they're born in sin. They're under sin. Right. And um, um, how you parent uh, mm. is going to um, uh, be impacted by that that biblical theological uh, under underpinning. Can you unpack that a little bit more? You just briefly mentioned that word enslaved to sin. How does, you know, being under sin yeah. and, and kind of that correlation, you know, we're in a society where we don't necessarily want to be slaves. You know, right, that, right, that right. concept of being Negative en- connotation, enslaved it is. to sin. Right. But when Paul unpacks that, or when he, you know, he's saying in yeah. verse 9, all are charged that both Jews and Greeks are all under sin. Yeah, and I think Paul is going to develop this further in chapter 5. In chapter 5, verse 18, as an example, so then as through one transgression there resulted in condemnation to all men. Um, my understanding of the word condemnation um, and he repeats it, it's mentioned back in verse 16 as well. That word condemnation, um, katakrino, I think is the Greek word, but what it it implies, it is a it is the sentence. Um, you're charged and now you've been sentenced. Uh, the, the, the judgment uh, from God by being born in Adam is a, is a sentence of serving sin. We're born in sin, and therefore we have been condemned. The, the sentence that is placed on mankind is now you will serve sin. Sin is now our master. Hmm. So um, our thoughts, our actions, mm-hmm. uh, apart, from the, the, apart from the freeing of God's grace, mankind will serve sin. Hmm. Um, the things that Paul will even go into this, even as a believer, the things I want to do, I don't do. The very things right. I hate, I'm doing. Seven. 
And so there's this even residue of sin that is within us. Sin is never content to be a partner. It's never content to play second fiddle. That Hmm. element of sin always and only wants to master, be the master. Um, and and due to, due to a status of depravity and and our flesh, the struggle with that that you know old nature, especially as a, a Christian or the remnant of that struggle. I mean, even last week on the Fellowship Family podcast, John Avery and Dennis McNutt were here, and we we talked about principles of worship with our bodies, especially as far as sexuality is concerned and sex as an act of worship. We're always worshiping something. We broke down the principle of mastery. Something is is mastering you mm-hmm. at all times. You're always worshiping something, and so it's having an understanding of what am I devoting myself to or my attention to that helps, again, diagnose and understand where we are, which I think is huge because yeah. that idea of depravity is being aware of the need for the gospel. Right. It's going to make it taste sweeter. And all of the gospel then sets us free. Right. Uh, so Paul will go in, in chapter 8, verse 1, he'll say, therefore, there's therefore right. now no, and he uses the same word, condemnation. condemnation. Yep. The sentence of serving sin is now broken, and we're set free from that. We're new creations in Christ. Old things passed away, all things have become new. Um, in fact, First John, there's one you can play with. First John 3, 9 says, um, one who's born again in that, that mm. inner born-again person cannot sin. Mm. There's a total freedom from That's that. That's great. Yeah. Right. Yep. But we still are... That new person is encased in a body of sin, and we're getting ahead of ourselves in Romans 7, but, um, right. but it's, it's, still a, it's an ongoing struggle. It's still important and valuable for us to wrestle with this and to be uh, ha- having this awareness hmm. that That's we right. are enslaved to sin. Like you said, as a, as a parent, you know, to recognize that we all have this nature, that we are all <laughs> enslaved right. to sin, and as yeah. raising children or as even just in our interactions with each other um, to, to recognize and have that grace that, okay, we are all in this struggle and wrestling right. together. Mm-hmm. You know, if somebody's offending me or if somebody's making me angry or upset, you know, not to come back to them in the same anger, but to, right. to, to walk in the spirit and recognize we're all just in this sin flesh nature. And, and, and I'll, we'll get into that in Romans chapter seven, I, because I'm going to make a clarification. And that is um, once we, the gospel impacts our life, once we trust Christ as our savior, our nature changes. We're no longer right. have a sin nature. Mm-hmm. Right now, hang on to that because uh, you know what does Paul say? The you know the, the good I want to do I don't right. do. What, what's what is going he dealing on? with? What is that yeah. dealing with? But our nature changes at the moment of faith. So right. uh, we now are capable of living the life that God has called us to mm-hmm. live by the power of the Holy Spirit. That that sin nature has now been uh, put to death and it's right. it's gone. Yeah. Um, so there, there, there is really good news, but I do think it helps us also understand um, then a, a, our worldview. When we look at the world, we w- why is the world in the mess it's in? Right. Why is it going? So that's a second kind of application, one related to parenting our, our kids and understanding that, but second of all, being able to look at the worldview and say, what's going on around us? Hmm. And the, the issue like uh, Yehiel Denur, the illustration of the Jewish Holocaust survivor, mm-hmm. there's an eichmann in me. Yep. Well, it's pervasive in this world. And I think sometimes we as Christians think that um, maybe if we just had the right political party uh, or the right politics in place, right. that that'll assuage the, the depravity of the human heart. Hmm. Now, I also want to interject this, that, <laughs> I mean, obviously... Politics are important. There, there are consequences to elections because right. 
um, and Paul, and actually Paul will get into that in Romans chapter 13. The purpose of government right. helps yep. curb that. Yep. So laws that are enacted, laws should be based on a moral code. Right. That moral code um, is there to hmm. um, put a hindrance or, 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 or to, to hinder the depravity of the human heart. Yep. If you have people who don't understand the depravity of the human heart, if you have people who don't understand... Um, what humans are capable of. That's right, and mm-hmm. the value of mor- morality that mm. counters the human heart, well, you're going to get laws like abortion is okay. Right. You're going to get laws like same-sex mm. marriage is okay mm-hmm. because it's not based on a moral code, and therefore um, evil is is not hindered. It's relative. That's right. right. Yeah. And so... Um, so I don't want to diminish the importance of being involved in the we're in an election year today. Yes, even yes. Yeah. So we're, I don't want to diminish that. Right, right. Uh, that's important. Mm. But if that's our sole focus, if that's our hope, we're going to be no way. desperately yeah. disappointed yeah. because it doesn't impact the human heart. Right. Mm. So in that sense, you really can't legislate morality in the sense of changing the human heart mm. right you got to appreciate god and his sovereignty allowing paul to write this and to have this passage be so long to get us <laughs> to this point right. you know i mean I, I have heard people say man I, another sermon where i'm sitting through this and right. wrestling with this and and but it wasn't until even last night where in our community group somebody mentioned you know it was just kind of you know glazing over me washing over me i didn't want to hear it too much but until that story of you shared the the newspaper article or the um, I can't remember exactly the the time period that you gave, but where what's wrong with the world today? Oh, yeah, yeah. And G.K. Chesterton. Yes, and and so the person came back and said, "I am wrong with the world today." When you shared that story, the person in my community group said, "Wow, now it's really starting to sink in." Right. You know, and and it's taken to this point to where we're recognizing, saying, "There is none righteous, no, not one." That. It's gotten to this point in Paul's argument, leading us to this point, you know, with the moral sinner and the the righteous kind of sinner and the Jew that's getting us to say, yes, everybody has fallen and, and we are all and lost. none of us are going to testify that we want to hear this right. news about who we are. I mean, we need to hear it, that we're laying the foundation, and I know it can feel like, you know, Paul and Romans is beating a dead horse with bad news, bad news, bad news, but it, it'll be worth it. There, there's a There's a... There's a flow to the book, the the book as a whole, the entire book of Romans, which is why we are conquering all of it. Um, And it'll be interesting to see, you know, five weeks deep into the second half of Romans. Oh, good news for the fifth week in a row. You know, like, (laughs) I'm so sick of this good news. (laughs) What happened to, yeah, yeah. Um, Well, I made made the comment that uh, until sin is made bitter to us, God's grace mm. uh, will never be made sweet. Sweet, right. And so I Mm, think that's the other value of, in a practical sense, of as Paul lays this out, and he does, I mean, it, he spends an extensive amount of time. Right. Uh, but the value is when we do get to uh, um, this understanding, which next Sunday, the, 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 the magnitude of God's grace and love is now accentuated because we've seen the magnitude of our sinfulness. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. That's good. But I also appreciate the fact that you didn't just take two weeks to cover these first three chapters. Right. That we're going yeah. through them, yeah. you know, passage at a time yeah. where it does really unpack it and reveal it when it's it's thorough understanding if you take a entry-level high school class about a science topic you'll survey it and move on versus you could major in school on that one thing and spend years understanding it understanding the levels of it how intense and intricate it might be and so that's kind of the 
the well, way we've been doing it. Well, and, and for those who uh, are bent that way and are interested, I mean, this whole topic of total depravity is a theological yeah, topic. It's, it's huge. Been for, uh, and what a lot of maybe people don't know, um, you, you take a guy like um, you maybe, and again, for those who are interested, you, you have a guy like Jacob Arminius, who was uh, the, the father of, uh, of mm-hmm. Arminianism, and John mm-hmm. Calvin, Calvin and yep. Calvinism. Sure. They both agreed on the doctrine of total depravity. Right. You read right. what Arminius said, it's the same thing that Calvin said. I mean, there was no question about the, the, the human heart. And uh, do you got one of those for? No, I don't. Sorry. It's oh, a mocha, though. It's not one of those hot chocolate. I'm getting closer. There we go. Wow. Example, People need to be watching heart. us all the time yeah. to see what's happening yeah. here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's an evolution. Yeah. Before long, Caleb will come in with red eyes and you know, coffee, you know, straight uh, cappuccino. And it's, uh, no, it's not, that's not going to happen. Okay. But, but so, so, yeah, this... We could spend a whole lot of time. Oh yeah, Armenianism, uh, Calvinism, sure, yeah. okay. and going through sure. the history and and then the implications of that depravity. And a lot of people do get into those debates and will debate endlessly with conflict and then not end with the gospel or Jesus either. Mm-hmm. So then it's okay. I'm going to go my way. You're going to go yours instead of putting it all in in perspective, which I think is huge. One thing that I, I love, uh, Mark, especially as we as he goes through all those different indictments, kind of 10 through 18 there, uh, we're studying the book of James with Keystone, the young adult ministry here at church. And it's so cool to see the way it ties into this understanding of who we are uh, inherently as people, because I think the book of James does a good job of addressing a little bit of the so what now. I mean, James is writing to what he calls the 12 tribes after the dispersion. Stephen's been stoned. The the Christian church is saying there's a so now what element. And so even James, the way he talks about the tongue reminds me of Romans 3.12. Their throat is an open grave. They use their tongues to deceive. And so we can have microscopic hope in people that they are good that they will deliver for us or meet our expectations but we will constantly be disappointed until we macroscopically have hope in a god that won't fail us and then you're not leaning on people as much to dictate your your happiness your joy or also your confidence in who god is i mean so many people will walk away from the lord because they got burned by people mm, mm-hmm. because they got hurt by human beings or the establishment or, or or these people these leaders this this and this and it's you're right those are problems but all you're doing is affirming a, a status of depravity mm-hmm. god has not changed we do all the time so i just think that's huge yeah yeah. yeah the um Going back to to something Paul had said in chapter 2, and I didn't really bring this out at all, Mm -hmm. uh, passed over it, but uh, in chapter 2, he had made that comment in verse uh, uh, 13, uh, it's not the hearers of the law who are just before God, but doers of the law will be justified. You know, the moralist, the moral sinner, uh, this person who's attempting, oh, I'm, I'm pretty good, and okay, if you... It's it's like that rich young ruler again, and in, in the par- in the story of Jesus uh, encountered the you know good teacher. What must I do to, to enter mm. eternal life? Um, th- there's that mentality that uh, if I can be good enough, and so Paul plays with that. I think in chapter two, yeah, okay, if you want to go that route, then 100% compliance. <laughs> Yeah. then it's the the doers of the law and complete 100% doing of the law you're right. justified right mm-hmm. he concludes in chapter 3 that we um, the passage from sunday in 19 that every mouth is stopped we all are accountable before god and then verse 20 says because 
by works of the law, mm. no flesh will be justified in mm. sight. So he's now kind of given the full the full story um, at the end of that whole section. Uh, once you, if you accept what he has said about the depravity mm. of man, then you re- walk away and realize there is no one good, and I can't attain. Ju- I can't be declared right just by the actions I um, I generate in and of myself. Right. I am hopelessly unrighteous, and there is absolutely no hope for me uh, by works of the law. I will not be declared right. Now we got to unpack that next mm-hmm. week. We will Good. justification. Yep. Good. I, you know, I would just want to highlight something that you didn't really get it too much into, but this whole passage, verse ten through eighteen, is Old Testament passages, mm-hmm. and, and so Paul is writing something here that that the audience could very well have already known and read. Right. And so I didn't know if you want to touch on that. This is nothing new that not Paul radical. is coming up with. Yeah. This is no. These are passages straight from Old Testament. Right, and they're different passages. It's not, he's not it's a compilation. I think they call it a cantina, or a, 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 it's a, a compilation of verses. Mm-hmm. Paul just was grabbing stuff. I mean, it, right. in other words, it's he's saying pervasively throughout the scriptures, the Old Testament, right. this is a taught. Mm-hmm. Uh, there should be no question. It holds up, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So, um, yeah, that, uh, yeah, fascinating verses. And the, the ones that he picked. Interesting, the ones that he picked. Yeah. Yeah. Again, and, and putting it together in a, in a great just outline, <laughs> one right. after another. One's words, one's actions. Yep. You know, the, 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 it's, it just lays it, uh, lays it all out. Mm. That's really good. I mean, Romans 1 through 3, I just, it, the word awareness keeps coming to mind. The importance of becoming aware of, of, of who we are and what we're talking about, I think, is is huge. I mean, it, if you don't feel like you need saving, why would you want a savior? I, th- I think a lot of evangelical efforts are like, why won't they just get it? They don't realize they need saving from anything. They need mm-hmm. saving from you bothering them right now. That's all they think they need. Mm-hmm. But then it's like, oh, wait a second. Right. Oh, that's what's going on. I, I do need a savior. I do need deliverance from what I'm what I'm dealing with. But isn't that the biggest problem with society today is oh, that they time. don't think they need it? And, and so, you know, you, you mentioned this, the spiritual blinders are on to people where they're not seeing their need, essentially. Right, and yeah. so I thought you made some great analogies that are very practical, simple mm. tools that we can just present to people to, you know, our, we're all in this boat, <laughs> you know, you know, that's a great analogy. And yeah, it's sinking. And there could be the, the murder over there and the sex offender over there and the the scandal person over there and here I am I'm thinking I'm good but I'm still going down right. you know it's a great example of how to practically apologetically put into practice to to share the gospel with with somebody who thinks they are good enough of course that raises another um, thorny question if this is true of what we've read in in, in Romans um, as well as elsewhere, Second uh, Corinthians four four, in whose case the God of this world has blinded the right. minds of the unbelieving. Yep. Uh, or First Corinthians, I, I read, I made reference to First Corinthians two fourteen, that the natural man can't understand. Uh, they're spiritually appraised; he cannot mm-hmm. understand. You, mm. you you see this sense of um, of, uh, of of desperate situation. How how does someone who's in that type of a situation, uh, unrighteous, not doing good, spiritually blind, uh, blinded by the God of this world, uh, not even able to, how do you then hmm. trust? How do you come to know Isn't Because Christ. isn't that a good act? Right. To, to all of a sudden in this turn upwards and say, 
Right. Oh, I'm lost. I need a savior. That's good, good. on you. That's yeah. good to come on that. But if wh- where does that come from? Now we're not going to talk about that this morning. <laughs> My community group had the same yeah. question. We said we're not going to talk about that. You know, it, that's a, such a deep unpacking of God's pursuit of yeah. us yeah. and and right. and His and His love and His grace right. and His mercy. Yeah, it's great hmm. how Holy Spirit can just open people's eyes right. in those in that right moment. Yeah, hmm. yeah, yeah. And apart from that work of the Holy Spirit, sure. Um, and, and again, even these theologians of, of old, these old dead men who still speak, whether it's uh, Arminius or Calvin, they all um, they all recognize that there has to be some work of mm-hmm. God, mm-hmm. of the Holy Spirit, to quick to open our eyes, mm-hmm. to quicken us uh, mm-hmm. to that. Yeah. Because we're not going to do it on ourselves. That's right. what Paul is saying. We, right. are, we are in a hopeless state. Well, and, and that's where a thorough understanding or even uh, an appreciation, at least, of the Trinity and the different ways God has a- equipped us to, to handle life and have the Holy Spirit work in our lives. I mean, it, it, uh, you can avoid the, the slippery slope of, oh, I'm good, I made this decision, or it's because of what I've done, instead of you know, credit to God for God's glory as well, which is something we can so easily forget, too, even in our pursuits. Yeah. Um, so I think that's huge. All right, well... Uh, church life response. How do we apply this? What do we take home? I mean, is there a, a take home point for for this week, Mark, or for this passage specifically um, that that we can equip our listeners with? I mean, one thing that that kind of came to my heart was just th- that idea of awareness. Be aware of who we are or were without Christ. Be aware of who we are in Him, and even write those things down. My devotional life has, has it's helpful if I write things down of of who I am in Christ um, and, and who I was, but before He transformed me um, to help me understand what I'm dealing with and the lens in which I'm thinking and processing things. You know, it, it, it does come down to that, what would Jesus do thing? Yeah, I, I, well, it's what I've kind of already mentioned. Yeah. I, if you're a parent, number one, mm-hmm. I, I, the, there should be a, a greater sense, a, a very sober uh, a, a mindfulness that my kids need Jesus hmm. and, and, they, and they have everything working against them. And so parents, get on your knees and pray for your kids and take it seriously of, of your parenting of these children. Mm. Um, you pray for them. You pray for them. You talk with them about Jesus. You do the, De- the Deuteronomy 6 uh, when you're w- walking by the way and you're doing this and mm-hmm. rising up and, and while you're eating. I mean, take your parenting of your kids seriously because I'm telling you, the God of this world the 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 inner corruption of their soul. I mean, everything is working against it, and the mm. world, the world, the flesh, right. and the devil. Right. So that's that's one. Just as a parent, grandparents yeah. are the same thing. My goodness, as grandparents, uh, we need to be praying for uh, that next generation mm. because we'll lose the battle if we don't yep. take that seriously. Um, and then, second of all, uh, again, I think a very practical thing, just as we relate to our society. Um. <laughs> We have to, again, realize that mankind is going to uh, move away from God. They're moving mm. away from God. Um, we shouldn't be shocked or surprised at the evils of our day. Right. Um, but our hope is not going to be in who gets elected in November. Our hope is always in the gospel. Mm. Now, we need to be involved in the process, right. because, as, I, as we talked about earlier, um, but um, our hope is always in um, is in the Lord. So again, we pray, pray, pray um, towards mm-hmm. that end. The third thing is, 
and, and you mentioned at the very beginning, Mark, to come kind of full circle here, is, is our heart of worship. Mm-hmm. Once we realize how, how desperately needy we were and what mm-hmm. Christ has done for us, every day, and we've talked about this a lot, but every day we should get up and, and, and uh, sing the praises of the gospel, preach to ourselves the gospel. Yep. Because once I was lost, that was me in those passages. Mm. That was you. Um, but as, as we'll get to verse 21, but now, yeah. God. And so um, we, it should enhance our worship every day mm. when we realize what he's That's doing. definitely my big takeaway is this concept of reminding ourselves of the gospel and, and how when we gather, that's our reminder. That's our yeah. rehearsal. Mm. That's our, our corporately, corporately doing that to remind ourselves together that every day I need to remind myself that I am a sinner. I have fallen short. And when something hits me during the course of the day, my natural tendency is to fix it myself. My natural tendency mm. is to go, you know, how can I solve this problem or how can I solve this, so make this better yeah. instead of remembering, okay, I, I can't do this on my own. I need to trust in God. And, and he's the one who's provided the way out. He's provided the salvation in that moment or just even in life circumstances. So to remind, it's just that, that mental right. reminder to say, I am falling short. I'm a sinner. I'm human. I need God. It's the awareness. It's that it's, instant, you know, place my hope and trust in God the, in those moments. It's a shift. And then to anything and everything we do, we can take God there with us. And because we're not the ones taking him, he's already there. Being aware of that, it's practical in anything we do in our, our daily life, our work life, and it's super practical in our church life as well. I mean, a, a good example would be in the youth group when a kid is sharing his testimony. Uh, yes, it's special and good for them, but they're not the one in the hot seat. We actually are, as we listen to it, as we have an opportunity to respond to what God has done in their life. It, it allows us to become aware of, wow, that. That is one way in which the Holy Spirit can work. Right. How can it work in me? Yep. It's mm-hmm. incredible. And I, I, so, so just, again, a very practical thing. Mm-hmm. At the close of that, at the, at the service Sunday, um, worship team led us in the song King of Kings. Mm. So let me read the verses again, yeah. uh, verse 1. Uh, in the darkness we were waiting without uh, hope, without light, till from heaven you came running, there was mercy in your eyes. To fulfill the law and prophets, to a virgin came the word from a throne of endless glory to a cradle in the dirt. Verse 2, to reveal the kingdom coming and to reconcile the lost, to redeem the whole creation, you did not despise the cross. For even in your suffering, you saw to the other side, knowing this was our salvation, Jesus, for our sake you died. And it goes on. So last verse, the church of Christ was born, then the spirit lit the flame. Now this gospel truth of old shall not kneel, shall not faint. By his blood and in his name, in his freedom, I am free for the love of Jesus Christ who has resurrected me. And then what was the chorus? What did we sing? Praise the Father, praise mm-hmm. the Son, praise the Spirit three in one, God of glory and majesty, praise forever to the King of kings. Now, so folks, when we engage in worship, mm-hmm. we've heard the word. Every one of us, when we sang that song, should have been uh, uh, proclaiming that. It, it, it should have uh, even viscerally moved mm-hmm. us to be able to yeah. sing. Praise the Father, praise the Son, praise the the, the Spirit, three in one. Um, that's how we respond in in terms yeah. of worship and and all through our mm, corporate absolutely. gathering. I mean, it's it's always going to the Word, and the Word then allows us to respond. Yeah. And in His truth, you know, to sing the song to start the service is great and it's fine. But do you really have that understanding of right. what am I singing yeah. until you've seen the Word and had it unpacked? Yeah. And what a great response! Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm.
So I, I would just encourage all of us as we as we as we gather and we sing and we sing these songs that so often the words are are gospel focused and and uplifting the the name of God. Uh, um, engage your minds, engage your hearts in, mm-hmm. in worship, and and sing it unto the Lord because um, once I was lost. And now I'm found. Yeah. Once I was blind, but now I see. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. It saved a wretch like me. Um, and there, it's hard to be a passive Christian. You're either actively walking towards Christ or actively falling away from him. Be, be in the Word. Luckily, we were given a God who loves us so much that He, the Word was living and active. Jesus was living and active. And so we can embrace a, a lifestyle of Christianity instead of a, you know, a church consumption culture, which I think is easy to slip into and then especially if you look through a, a lens on a sermon of oh I didn't want to hear that well of course you didn't um, but it's, it's you know it's something we need to hear to be aware and, and like you said Mark make that gospel taste sweeter um, Mark Francis what can we point people towards before we get out of here I'm trying to think of the schedule if there's anything yeah well, there's actually we announced there's a couple things for women um, mm-hmm. coming up so there's a conference as a follow up to an event that they had earlier in January so mm-hmm. the end of March on okay. that last Friday and Saturday okay. um, so they can go online to register for that it's called mm-hmm. Beyond Broken mm-hmm. so they're going to dive into some um, just more specific uh, topical questions and, mm-hmm. and related breakout seminars um, on that Saturday morning okay. to identity and sexuality um, backing it up from there um, I do know that the uh, elders and pastors are creating a uh, an event on a Saturday morning to hear more about the roles of women within the mm. church. Um, not necessarily specifically related to this passage, but you know that's just something to to be on the lookout for um, to attend to hear kind of what does God have to say related to the roles of women, um, mm. especially as it relates to the church. Um, and then backing it up from even there, the more current one we've already mentioned the youth have a, a panel that mm-hmm. doesn't impact the entire church but as right. parents be aware be praying for yeah. that for that night as children as the youth come and they may have questions and there may be struggles yeah um, I, can we, we can just pray that that night will be impactful for yeah. our youth and we've read some of those questions and it'll be huge absolutely yeah, it's a doozy yep. um, and our whole mission with student ministries to partner with parents in the discipleship of your children we're trying to blend the line between them attending youth group and them being in the home. It does not need to, they do not need to be displaced from Christ in either one of those places. Yeah. Yep. You know, they're probably dealing, well, not probably, they're dealing it on a front line oh, level yeah. more than I am. Absolutely. Uh, oh, you know, I was listening this morning to National Public Radio, and they were talking about um, up in Connecticut, um, a track meet, high school track meet, uh, and a transgender um person was running in the women's competition mm-hmm. and one of the high school girls is suing hmm. because you know and, and there's so that's in even in the in the unsaved world right they're dealing with this stuff right. on a regular Which is their basis. constant interactions their constant engagement with their friends yeah, uh, yeah that, that's how my family is right now with my kids going to public school yeah. and we we like it we embrace it but they're in it yeah. Yeah. and it's yeah. it's just Having the conversation, I think, will be great. Yeah, and um, that's, but that's when again, March 11th. March 11th on a Wednesday night. Yeah, yeah so dropping the kids off and just pray for that. Yeah. Um, but just the the natural also applications, just community group, just get yourself plugged in. Yeah. If you're not, go to the learning center classes to continue to um, mm-hmm. to unpack God's word, but also get to know more people in a real Man, way. They were mm-hmm. packed. So, the, the the new round of learning center classes, adult learning center classes. Uh, that started last week, and it's not too late. Get up, yep. yeah, join good. in, and, and participate. Both good. hours, there's some great stuff being offered. Awesome. 
cool, cool. Well, yeah, reliance on Scripture is key, you know, for anybody, no matter their stage of life. So thank you guys for being a part of Sermon Spotlight. Again, you can go to fbcva.life slash Sermon Spotlight, and you can ask any questions, offer any comments. We're happy to share them here. This is an opportunity to connect as a church. Uh, and just a reminder, we have a YouTube channel for Fellowship Bible Church as a whole. There you can find the video version, uh, ver- version of Sermon Spotlight, as well as uh, the Global Church Podcast, which is a missions-focused podcast. Scott and Jim will break down their mission strips and talk a little bit um, about where they've been and where they're headed. And then there's also an additional podcast called the Fellowship Family Podcast. Um, That one will not be releasing as regularly, but it's a good opportunity to see some of the different pastors on staff, as well as we'll invite some people on for testimonials and stuff. Why would they want to see the pastors on staff? (laughs) (laughs) They're fun. They're fun, man. They're so fun. Um, And then also, and I realized this yesterday for the first time, uh, we post the so we post the video sermons of Sunday mornings on our website, but we also have a podcast feed for the actual sermon itself. Yep. So if you go uh, not Google, but go to your podcast feed wherever you listen to it and type in Fellowship Bible Church, you can find the the sermon as well. So that's something to listen to if you've missed on a Sunday. Um, but anyway, all four of those options to to be a part of the church beyond Sunday are there. So yeah, look forward to that. Uh, The fact of the matter, everybody, is that sermons are not meant to just take an hour, but rather transform a lifetime. Until next week, much love and God bless.